<laughs> For the, <laughs> it's not my fault. I'm an engineer, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> People are starting, it's already started heckling. Yeah, <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For the scripture reading today, I wanted to introduce a new friend, a young friend. She's what, a couple of years older than my daughter. Um, I made uh, this friend during the COVID season. She walked into this church during the Easter service, that big service. Then she went home and found my email address from somewhere on the internet. She's, she emailed me and asked some very, very, very intelligent questions. So, so we did some Zooming together. We had some conversations. And she said, I want to take baptism. And I'm like, whoa, that's good to hear. But can you wait? Because the whole church is closed. Uh, I can't give you baptism. Our facility is not open. But she said, no, I want to have baptism now. And she said, I have uh, our house. We have a swimming pool in our backyard. Would you mind coming and give me baptism? I said, that's great, because that's not something I don't get to do every day. Uh, so Joanne, myself, and Emma, our daughter, we went to their house, and uh, we did a small Bible study. Jesse, uh, sorry, Lauren and his, her uh, brother, Jesse, and we have a young man, and some of you know, uh, if you don't, you, sh you should, a wonderful young guy, Lucas Elliott is his, is his name. He's part of our college and young adults group, and he has been actively volunteering. He was also asking me, Pastor Matthew, can you give me baptism? I was giving the same excuse, so I called Lucas too. And Lauren was kind enough, yeah, bring in anybody you want. Her parents are wonderful, and they gave us a nice barbecue lunch. Anyway, we had an amazing <laughs> baptism at their backyard. So I wanted to show you some pictures of that baptism because the church family kind of missed. Uh, we have Lauren and we have um, Jesse and uh, Lucas uh, getting baptized. So uh, I just wanted you to know that if you have received the Jesus as the Lord into your life and you have not accept you have not taken that commitment to receive water baptism and this is a time for you to decide because today is the baptism Sunday you get to witness six other people going through baptism today during the service so this is going to be amazing this will be hopefully inspirational for you that's why we are all dressed in casual not necessarily the church clothes so uh, as we are, we are going to read from Psalm 82, would you stand for the reading of the word? And Lauren will do the scripture reading for us. Psalm 82. God presides in the great assembly. He gives judgment among the gods. How long will you defend the unjust and show partiality to the wicked? Defend the cause of the weak and fatherless. Maintain the rights of the poor and oppressed. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. They know nothing. They understand nothing. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods. You are all sons of the Most High. But you will die like mere men. You will fall like every other ruler. Rise up, O God. Judge the earth. For all the nations are your inheritance. Thank you. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you, Lauren. If you tear off the pages of the book of Psalms from your Bible and give it to random people on the street, they might have tough time to believe that these passages came from a holy book. Because the Psalms, if you're really honest with in your reading, is one of the most skeptic expressions of life. Yes, there is promises. Yes, there is praises. But there is just as much, if not more, like Paris said, lament. There is pain. There is agony. There is frustration. And generally, the book of Psalms is like asking People asking God, why me, oh God? What is wrong with me? What did I do wrong to go through this punishment? Are you up there? That is generally the tone of the book of Psalms. And Psalms 82 is no different. 
And as you just heard it being read, and as a wonderful song being written on it, the same question, Lord, bring justice. Bring peace. How long the injustice is going to prevail? It is the same agonizing question that is coming from the heart of the psalm. But there is an interesting twist, though, in Psalm 82. In Psalm 82, this question, this popular question, is not being asked by human beings, but it is asked by God himself. You have to go back to, the re, uh, to that psalm and read it carefully. So if you read Psalm 82, it is probably one of the most strange visual picture in the scripture because what you see there is an assembly of God, a congregation of God, the court, the court of God. And there is God standing up and he is very frustrated. He is very angry. And then he is asking this question, how long the injustice is going to prevail to a group of entities called gods? Now these gods are gods with small g, whereas the God is the God with capital G. Okay? So the picture in Psalm 82, which is very strange, you won't see anywhere else that, that explicitly, is that capital G God is on the throne and he is angry with a group of small g gods. It is almost like, you know, in the near ancient, you know, Eastern mythologies, you know, right? In Greek mythology, you have Zeus, the head god, is presiding over the pantheon of different gods, Athena, god of wisdom, and uh, Aphrodite, the god of love, and Ares, the god of war, and Hermes, the messenger god, and Zeus get up, and why did you mess up? Why didn't you do justice? Why didn't you execute justice in the world? It is almost like that. Now that picture is familiar to people, but, but if you really read the Bible, it is almost heretical. <laughs> It is borderline blasphemy. <laughs> it is not a sermon I can preach on a baptism Sunday, but I'll try. <laughs> and <laughs> essentially, essentially rabbis got confused about this. And if you really want to go deeper into it, the word God, at least in English language, we have capital G God and small g gods, so that at least we have some clarity in, these are not same entity. But if you go to the root language in Hebrew, both are same. Elohim. Elohim is the plural which is used for Yahweh, the real, I mean, the God of the Bible too. So, rabbis always try to figure out this. And so they came up with different, you know, for millennia and still it's, it's being disputed what exactly is meant there. So one of the popular uh, explanation would be that, you know, if you read, say, for example, the book of Job, chapter 1, 6, and chapter 2, 1, and you will see there, God is presiding over the assembly of angels. And the angels present themselves before God. That's what it says. And Satan also went with, with them in front of the capital G, God. So one popular assumption is that the angelic beings in the heavenly, heavenly realm are these small gods, God with small g, right? That makes sense. And another explanation will be, in a metaphorical way, the leaders of Israel, people with spiritual authority, are also described as God with small g. For example, if you read Exodus chapter 7, 1, there it says that God made Moses like a god over Pharaoh. Okay? So Moses had the spiritual authority over the emperor of Egypt, so he was made a god. 
So it is, again, God with small g, right? So that could mean that everybody with the spiritual authority can, be, can fit to that description of small g God. But interestingly, Jesus gave a different explanation of this. Almost same, but uh, uh, there is a twist there. Did you know that Jesus quoted from Psalms 82 in one of his sermons? He did. So this, I'll read it for you. John chapter 10, verses 34 and 35. This is what it says. Is it not written in your law, I have said you are God's? So Jesus is quoting Psalm 82 verbatim, okay? And then Jesus says, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came. I'm not going to read the rest of it. The explanation is right there. He says, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came, which means Everyone who received the word of God, everyone who had the ultimate revelation of the word of God there is actually is a God with small g. So this is both good news and bad news. In a way, you and you and you, according to this description, is God with small g in the assembly of God. Now the bad news is that these gods didn't do a good job. Because the capital G, God is very upset in Psalm 82. Quit asking me the same question, the capital G God says, in a way I'm paraphrasing it. You are asking me, bring justice, bring peace, and bring sin. But I have entrusted you with that task. That is your job. I have given you the responsibility. Quit asking me the same question over and over again. I am going to turn that around and asking you, how long the injustice will prevail? How long the wicked will rejoice? Because it is up to you. I can't believe that you messed up. You messed up. The small g gods, all of them messed up. Now that is a very different problem. See, this is the fundamental theology of the Bible. It is so hard for us to swallow. <laughs> because the Bible says in no uncertain terms, Psalms 14.3 says, the Lord looked down from heaven among mankind to see if there is anyone who understands, who anyone see God. Then it says, all have become corrupted. All have sinned. All have turned away. There is no one who does good. Not even one. From Mother Teresa to Martin Luther King to Matthew John. Every single person have turned away. And they have become corrupted. It doesn't matter whether you're on the left. Whether you're on the right. Whether you're American. Whether you're Canadian. It doesn't really matter. Every single person has been corrupted. Turned away. We have all become sinners. And that's the theology that we somehow want to squiggle away from that. Don't we? But God is up on the throne and he says, you messed up. Every single one of you. I am not going to read your Facebook post and how you virtue signal, how the justice is a problem of other people. I am telling you, you are the problem, Matthew John. You are the problem. And unless and until you own it, irrespective of your background or ideological background, it doesn't matter. We have to admit at some point, Lord, good God, we messed up. Now, the good news in the end, God is rising up from the throne. That's the beautiful ending of that of that Psalm 82. That's the song actually captured. God is rising up for executing justice. Executing justice. The capital G God decided the small G gods cannot execute justice in this world. It doesn't matter who they are. So I am going to rise up from this throne. I am going to execute justice in this world. And now comes the big 
climatic, climactic twist in Psalm 82. So when God rises up from the throne and he decides to execute justice, the picture that comes to our mind is, I don't know, some, something like the end of, a, a end of an Avenger movie, you know, the Marvel movie, blood splashing, glasses shattering, right? The building collapsing, body bags everywhere, spectacular, marvelous, like the book of Revelation kind of a justice. That's what we are expecting. But God knew that if he is going to execute justice like that, nobody is going to be saved in this world. Because even the guards with small g themselves have become corrupted. They themselves have failed their mission. So who is going, he going to save? So the twist is that the justice of God came in a different shape and different form than we all expected. Russia brought justice and the symbol was a sickle and a hammer. In China, they said, revolution is going to come through the barrel of a gun. Mao Zedong said that. But the revolution that Jesus brought, the justice that Jesus brought, was of a very, very, very different kind. It came in the form of a cross. The capital G God became a small g God. The incarnation, the beauty of the mystery of incarnation. God came in human flesh because the only one who is both capital G God and small g God can execute the right justice in this world. So the capital G God became the small g God and that is whom we call Jesus Christ. As we read the scripture today, he is the image of the invisible God. Even though he came as a small g God, he was the image of the invisible God. He, in him, manifested the nature of the capital G God. And he executed justice, and it came in the form of a cross. He carried our sins, and he bore it on his back, and nailed them, to the cross and he said now you are free you can walk away that is why we preach Christ crucified <laughs> that is the ultimate message we don't preach social revolution we don't preach ideological big mumbo jumbo we preach Christ crucified that's all because that's the beauty of God's justice and if you haven't if you haven't received that justice, and this is your time, and I'm going to close in prayer, and I want you to look deep into your heart. Don't pretend that you're better than anybody. You are not. You are not. You have messed up. Even the small g gods are messed up. But the good thing is that justice has already been accomplished. And it is right here. It is free. It is available to you in the form of a cross. If you can accept him, it's just take a simple prayer. That's all it is. It, it is. It's not costly. You don't have to give anything. You don't have to do anything. Just receive him into your heart. Let's pray. Father God, even the heavenly assembly itself is impure in your eyes. Then who is Matthew John? Who are we? But thank you for the fact that you created us in your image and in your likeness. And when we messed up, you came down to this world, carried our sins, and gave us the ultimate justice on the cross. Lord, we want that justice. We want that peace. We want to identify with the cross. And we want to walk back into the assembly of God, a small g God, and be under your justice and execute and dispense true justice in this whole world. We receive you into our heart, O oh Lord, today. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Now, <laughs> once you receive Jesus into your heart, the very next step is declaring that to the public. There are two ways of declaring that to the public. One is communion, we do on a periodical basis. But even before that is baptism. Baptism is no magic. It is basically a symbolic expression of your identification with the cross of Christ. When the person who is getting baptized go into the water, they are declaring to the public that we are dying with Jesus. We are dying to this world, to, to Jesus. So that we are dying to this world and we are going to identify with the death of Jesus. And when we dip them, immerse them into the water, it is equivalent to or symbolic of his burial. They are going with Jesus. They are getting buried with Jesus. And when they come up and they are actually being resurrected, with Jesus. That's all that it means. Romans chapter 6, you can go home and read and it is, it, it is all there, okay? So we are going to have, we, are, we have six amazing people who have gone through this experience of receiving Jesus into their heart and that salvation and they are going to declare that I'm going to call them one after the other. They are going to share their testimony for all of you right now and then we are all going to go up and the baptism will happen in that small window right there. So you will get to watch it once everybody's testimony is shared, okay? So, and also I just want you to know that if any of you haven't received baptism and if you want to, you know, you can go to the website, you can find my contact, Lauren found my contact from the website, so you can too. Uh, I'm the pastor in charge of baptism. So uh, I will be, I'll, I'll help you, I'll walk through, through it and I'll give you some directions on that. So first, I'm going to call Joshua Wong. Joshua, come on up. Joshua is going to read his testimony. Hi, my name is Joshua Wang, and you probably see me performing the cello on this stage from time to time since I was third grade. I've known about God all my life as I grew up in a Christian household. I learned about his graciousness and how Jesus sacrificed himself for my sins. Since then, I have accepted God as my personal savior because he is all forgiving and sacrificed his son to give me and everyone eternal life. From a small age until I was 12, I was able to talk to God on a normal basis about anything. A couple of times I told God what I wanted for my future. However, when I encountered my first failure as a student and when my dreams for my future gradually seemed out of reach, I started to draw a line of mistrust between God and I. For many years, as many failures kept rushing towards me, I had a voice in my head that made me believe that God was failing and punishing me since my plans seemed unattainable. Therefore, the line of mistrust kept growing. It was not until I read and understood Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all, in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Where my frustrations with God slowly turned into gratitude. From this new enlightenment, I came to realize that God wasn't failing me, but I was failing him for not trusting his journey to success that he created specifically for me. I was being arrogant since I believed that the path that I envisioned for myself was far more superior than what he had planned. God has given me so many blessings and I was only being able to see a small piece of his master plan for me. I said start my new journey as a new incoming freshman in college. I want to get baptized because I want to proclaim to the world that I am committed and trust God with all my heart. I want to outwardly express my love for God and honor all the sacrifices that he had made for me. Thank you. Thank you, Joshua. It's, <laughs> it's always good to see someone, you know, who literally grew up in the church to get baptized and going through the step and process. Where is Perry Hawkins, our pastor? He will be the one baptizing Joshua. Um, okay, he might be waiting there up. So why don't you sit here till Perry shows up or you can walk with me, Joshua. Thank you. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to call Carmen. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning to church family. My name is Carmen Contreras. And today I would love to share with you my testimony. And Pastor Matthew made it so much easier for me after his sermon. We all are sinners and we have fall short of the glory of God. And I was there. I was 
drawn in my pit of destruction, despair, pitiness, broken harder, just at the end of my rope. God found me. God found me in that darkness, in that space where I didn't see any light. He found me. He revealed, revealed himself with Isaiah 53. I never, I, all the opposite of Joshua, I grew up with no religion of faith, testimony of guidance of any kind. I never opened a Bible in my life before, ever. I just went through my life, raising two children, loving children that God put in my hands. I raised them my way. And I took them down into that life of despair. But God, I saw, now I see God. When I look back, I see him. I see his hand guiding us, protecting us, providing. But I didn't know it then. He took care of us. He guided us. He protected us. He led me to this place that I start visiting. After 30 years raising my, ch my children as a single mom. And I took with me Psalms 27, the one time I heard the pastor mention it, and I will hear that every night that I couldn't sleep. I was deep in my despair, depressed, chronic pain, but the deepest pain was in my heart. He revealed himself to me with Isaiah 53. I was opening my app, Bible, to listen to my Psalm 27, to be able to get back to sleep. And I hear in my ears his words. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed by our iniquities. Upon his chastisement, they brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Those words were penetra penetrating my heart so deeply. I felt in that moment, I, I saw my sins, which I never admitted. God showed me my sins through these passages. All Isaiah 53 went through my ears, through my heart. But at that moment, after I felt an overwhelming love, in that moment I just went on my knees and I saw Jesus. I understood, I understood Jesus, why he died for me, why because he loved me so much, and I feel the love. Ever since that moment, I have never stopped reading his word. He has given me the wisdom to understand the desires to read his word every morning, every night before I go to sleep. And he gives me so much peace. And I hope that one day, my voice, Listen to his voice because he loves them. And I, today, I want to testify and I want to declare the goodness of our Lord. Amen. Thank you, Carmen. I think we should go on street preaching together. I'll preach and then you do the story. <laughs> Jonathan, would you come up? 
Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to my family in Peru too. And they are through YouTube. I want to read Proverbs, first chapter, verse number eight. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. There will be a garden to grace your head and a change to adorn your neck. This is, this was the first book that I read with my grandpa. I, I had uh, the, priv the, pri the privilege to grow up with them. They teach me a lot about God. I saw them reunited at the table every single night after dinner. Now I had the joy, I had the happiness, like in a town, how do they enjoy the conversation, and I wanted to be part, and I wanted to be part of, of that conversation, and I wanted to listen about God. One day when I'm starting reading, my grandpa called me and he said, let's go, read the Bible, let's take a seat with me. This is one of the first, one of the first book that I read with him. When my grandpa and my grandma received the call from God, I felt so alone here. And I feel lost. <laughs> I feel lost. Not every moment. But when I turn my head, I look at him. He carried me. He took me. He told me. He told me that I'm here. I'm here for you, Jonathan. I'm here for you, for your family, and I will hold you during all this journey that we will take during the life. Since that moment. I had a beautiful friendship with God. And I'm happy to, be a, to have a friend like him. And he showed me his friendship through my family, through my friends, through this church, through his words. Every single day, I'm really grateful with God. I don't have more. I'm really happy for this moment. I will testify that I'm, I'm your friend. This is my pact with God. This is from this moment and forever. Did I have to go and enjoy the paradise? And I have you feel the same motivation with our life to enjoy the life with Jesus Christ. Follow them. It's not a colorful word, but it's amazing. I invite you to follow them. Thank you. Thank you. Whose cell phone is this? Is it Janet? Oh, that's here, Carmen? Okay. Jonathan, yeah, do you want to? <laughs> so, uh, Jonathan and Carmen would be, uh, they will be baptized by our Pastor Beth Pest, the pastor of, the awesome pastor of Young Adults Ministries here. Uh, so, Beth will be baptizing Carmen and Jonathan. And Perry is here. Perry, you saw Perry on the video. You see him everywhere now. He's in 3D now, <laughs> right from the screen. So, you guys feel free to go uh, to the baptismal. So, we will be joining you very soon. Now, the next person, uh, Jonathan, you can join them too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> now, the next person is Lamar Fairman, 
And, but for introducing him, I'm, I have a very special guest, <laughs> Ray Thompson. I hope you all know him. He's a member of ministry. He's, he's kind of doing everything here. So they, he is mentor to Lamar, and they have an awesome story. So I want, Lamar, I want Ray to introduce Lamar, and they will share their story. Good morning, family. You know, first I'd like to just say to all the baptismal candidates that we see you, we recognize you, and we give thanks to God for your uniqueness. We give thanks to God for the gifts that he has given you, and we thank God that you have embraced this community as your community. So, Lamar, when I think of Lamar, I think of uh, Jeremiah 29, 13. So, the Word of God says, you will look for me, and when you look for me wholeheartedly, or like on purpose, you will find me. Lamar is that dude. He's the guy that has been faithfully looking for God and he wound up here at Lake Avenue. He, he listened to a call in his heart to come to Lake Avenue and um, brother I see you and God's light in you is all I see. Lamar, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself brother? Yes, my name is Lamar Fairman. And I, uh, well, how I found the Lord was uh, my mom prayed for me. My mom prayed for me for 10 years. And uh, he said, I will give you the desires of your heart if you follow me. And my mom, she prayed for me. She prayed for me every day. Yeah, uh, and my favorite scripture of verses, Luke 11, 1, the seed is the word of God, and it causes us to grow spiritually. And my baptismal uh, a testimony is, uh, when I heard the word being preached for the first time, I accepted the Lord into my heart. I repented of my sins, and believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. The conviction of the Holy Spirit caused me to believe the gospel. And I want to publicly identify with Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection by being baptized. And how I found this church was, I was, I was looking for a church home. And, and I saw it from the street and I just walked in and sat down. And uh, I've been coming ever since. And uh, uh, when I found the Lord, I was at my end. I couldn't go to the left. I couldn't go to the right. Keep talking. Keep talking. Okay. <laughs> and um, well, I'm glad I made that decision because I met so many people here in just a short uh span of time and he said that if you seek me well um, I'll draw near to you and uh, and that's what I've been doing you know I've, I've been trying to get in uh, involved in the church with, you know, uh, with the greeters and you know just meeting different people and uh, and um, I want to um, I want to um, I want to further, well, further my um, my Christian walk here, and uh, I don't have too much to say, you know, because um, time is on on my side, so I have to go. I don't want to go on a tangent here, but what you just saw here 
was, uh, you know, there was something we have called mentoring ministry. It is kind of under the radar. I mean, it's not, mentoring ministry doesn't put together events because Lake Avenue Church, anyway, uh, it, it, we, we are a very event-oriented church. We are all into program. But there's this mentoring ministry which run under, uh, you know, under the radar and men mentoring men and women mentoring women. And there is an amazing group of mentors and mentees. And that's the result of what you just saw right now. That's why I wanted Ray to come up and introduce them. You never probably heard about mentoring ministry unless you checked a flyer or something. But that to me is one of the core of transformational things that is happening here. So I just want you to be aware of that. And uh, you know, ordinary people doing ordinary things but resulting in extraordinary result. That is what you just saw, right? So <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to invite Jesse now. And Jesse is going to come up. Come on, Jesse. <laughs> and Jesse is going to come up with Sally. And she wants Sally to be by her side. Come on, Sally. Everybody knows you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jesse, feel free to share your story. <laughs> um, good morning, everyone. My name is Jesse. I was born in China, um, a Buddhist country. However, I was raised in an atheist family. As I grow up, I learned about Buddhism from reading and through watching TV. In 2014, I was graduate from college in Bridgeport, Connecticut with my master's degree in management. I booked a flight back to China after graduation ceremony, but I changed my mind just one week before the flight and moved here to LA. I met Annie and my boss, Christina, in the place where I now work. They started to tell me about Christianity, but I was not interested at the beginning, but it didn't stop them from preaching the gospel to me and showing God's love to me. I consider myself as a Buddhist until one day while discussing with Annie about the difference between Buddhism and Christianity. And I realized that as a Buddhist, we would definitely go to hell if, if after we die, if we do bad things. My first thought was, oops, I'm in a big trouble. <laughs> because I sing all the time, but I didn't want to go to hell. In 2019, um, Christina gave me a devotional book which brought me closer to God. At the time, I was experiencing postpartum um, post depression. I read a book for a few weeks and I felt like God was talking to me. That was an amazing feeling that the person you can't even know, you can't even see, knows everything about you and has his own way to help you, guide you, love you. Then I made my decision to become a Christian on September 25th, 2019. <laughs> I'm still a new Christian, a baby Christian. <laughs> I decided to get baptized today because I admit that I'm a sinner. I want to accept Jesus into my heart and be my savior. I want to get, um, I want to get refreshed and start a new life. I'm like a pumpkin. Lord, send Christina, Annie, Sally, and Cindy, and my husband, Ken, these lovely and nice people, to take the messy and the confusing stuff out of my body and replace it with his love. Today, through baptism, it's time to light up the pumpkin and to shine with God's glory from this day forward. I'm so blessed. And one day, I want to tell my father in heaven, you can be proud of a child like me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jesse, can, you can you stay there just for a minute? Just for a minute, stay there for a minute. Uh, <laughs> um, Jesse, it would be my privilege to baptize you personally. Um, the reason I wanted Sally to be here, 
you know, Sally comes one day, Pastor Matthew, I befriended a group of young Asian women who were kind of sitting here and they were not kind of, they were afraid of talking to everybody. They were somewhere in the backseat. And actually, Jesse comes all the way from Rancho Cucumanga. Uh, and uh, so they are in so many ways strangers. And so she started, Sally approached them and started doing a Bible study with them after church. They have a mini church after. There are three women and then Sally is their mentor and it's the little church. And then she would invite me to their church and uh, it was over Zoom at a while and then I did a private alpha for them. And we have this amazing, so I wanted you to know that this is the real ministry. You know, anybody can come here and preach. It's not that difficult to preach. And, you know, they, it's not about what is happening in the pulpit. It's happening, what is happening in the pew and out in the lobby. That what makes a church, church. And I want you to see this. And I want there to be so many Sally's and so many Ray's in this church. Okay, so that's why I wanted Sally to be with I'm you. I'm so blessed. Absolutely, I'm Sally. So Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, what a privilege. Amen. Amen. It is a total privilege Amen. to be to have God lead my life this way. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. The Thank you. Bless me. Amen. So you can wait for me. We can walk together, okay? Now, the last person in the list is Bond. Where is Bond? Yes. Bond. Can you come up with Cindy? Okay. <laughs> Bond, share your story here. Thank you for having me, sir. Hello, everyone. Um, two years ago... Cindy, oh. would you come up? <laughs> okay, just one moment. Okay. Well, um, two years ago, I found myself facing the situation that caused me to feel really helpless. And um, I have a deep, deep, profound sadness. And um, I have so much pain inside of me, and I don't know what to do or which way to turn, feeling lost and whatsoever. And um, one day I met a wonderful Christian woman who brought me into the faith in Christ, Cindy K. Harness. <laughs> yeah. so, um, so she gave me a Bible and guided me on how to read it. And um, it took me a year to open the book because I don't have any interest in God back in the time. But Cindy, she never gave up on me and um, always encouraged me to read the Bible and share to me about who God is. And some time ago, I found out that she always praying for me with her friend and had a wish for me to come to know Jesus. Well, look at me now. God did answer prayer. <laughs> Um, my relationship with God begins when I open the Bible. I started to read, seeking the answer for myself and searching Him for myself. Everything that God speaks to any person in the Bible, I imagine that He was speaking to me. And from there, I accept Him and um, I apply His word into my daily life. And I begin to realize that what a privilege to have a friendship with God. I have such an awesome joy of having a godly friend. He gave me peace, the peace that far better than the one that I was looking for. And he comforts me in so many ways. And um, everything has changed. I acknowledge that he is God and I desperately, desperately need him. And um, the reason why I decided to get baptized today, um, to me personally, it means that I am saying to God that I commit myself to Christ the best I know how. I might not know all about it, and I might not understand everything in the Bible, but I do know that I need Him. I need Christ in my heart. I want to live a Christian life in everywhere I go or wherever I lived, a life that, according to what Jesus lived, a life that full of love, um, kindness, gentleness and patience, which is we all know that, that is, uh, these are the things that's the fruit of the Spirit. And I want to do it while I can because I don't know what is the next week we'll bring or where I will live in the next six months. 
I, I never know what is the future we provoke, so I want to do it while I can. This is the right time to do it. This is again um, another incredible story. I wanted Cindy to be here. Another Sunday, Cindy drags me all the way from this lobby or somewhere there, all the way to the other side of the parking lot. Pastor Matthew, I wanted to speak to this young man. I gave him a Bible in a when I was in a restaurant, and now he, want, he is asking more questions about Jesus. You know, I have limitations. You know, you know I'm from a different, you know, uh, different racial gender, different gap. I wanted, a, I wanted a pastor, a male pastor to connect with him. So he dragged me to the other end of the parking lot. She introduced me to Bond, and then I will go for coffee with uh, Bond. You know, we went to Pete's Cafe one day to have some conversation. And right after I went, came home, Cindy sends me a gift card for Pete's Cafe. And then, <laughs> then, then I, I took him out for a lunch at Applebee. Right after that, I get a gift card from Applebee. Right? So, so she was literally investing in this young man. Then Judy, I mean, there are, there are a number of women out there who literally took him, adopted him to their little circle and bringing him up. So again, this is an incredible story of, it's, it's the story of Cindy and Sally and Ray and others, as much as it's the story of Bond and Jesse and all that. So that's why we celebrate this event together, baptism, and we celebrate that the Lord has, what he has has done for us and in this in the identification with this death and burial and resurrection we all have that resurrected and transformed life so let's celebrate this together as the worship team is going to lead us church let's stand up together we are going to celebrate and we're going to we're going to sing this song we're going to invite you to sing along but they're going to be baptized while we sing and you please feel free to celebrate shout with joy as we see these brothers and sisters baptized together. Let's sing. This is our testimony, okay? This, it's our story. Through every battle, through every heartbreak, through every circumstance, I believe that you are my fortress, you are my portion, you are my hiding place. I believe you are the way, sing it out, the truth, the life, I believe you are the way, yes, the truth, the life, you are, I believe through every blessing, through every promise. Every breath I take, I believe, I believe you are provider, you are protector, you are, you are the one I love, I believe, I believe you are the way, you are the truth. on you and you meet me here today with mercies that are new all my fears and doubts they can all come through because they can't stay long when I am here with you it's a new horizon and I've set on you and you meet me here today with mercies that are new Fears and doubts, they can all come to because they can't stay long when I leave. Sing with us the way, the way, the truth, the truth, the life.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, as we go from this place, let me say these words of benediction over us. May you now take comfort in the imminence, the nearness of God from beginning to end. Knowing that the God who breathed life into Adam's lungs will one day wipe every tear from our eyes. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you peace. Amen? Amen. Amen.
cease that I knew All my fears and doubts They can all come to Because they can't say True.